0: Hey, we, and we want to encourage you. Yeah, this is our last Sunday with you. And uh, we just want to thank you for the seven years we've had here. We're going to pray for you. Um, and then I think the elders are going to pray for us. And so it'll be a wonderful time where we can bless each other. Um, we're not leaving this week. We are going to be around for a little while. We've got some things that we have to get done. I'm actually teaching at uh, Cape and Ray School, uh, first of February for a week. So um, we'll have time for coffee and uh, time to, to visit and uh, spend some time together. So you haven't seen The Last of Us, sorry about that. It's going to take us a while. I said before, I don't want to go to Calgary uh, this morning or even tomorrow. It was minus 23 last I checked at about uh, 30 minutes ago. Um, and that is not yet spring. Where we are going. In fact, it won't be spring there for a long time, so uh, we want to stay here and uh, well enjoy the snow here. I guess instead of enjoying the snow there. Uh, there we go. All right, uh, let's pray together. Father, we want you to be the object and the subject of our time this morning. Uh, we have sung worship to you, Lord. You have done so much for us. We just bless you and we thank you so much. And now, Lord, as we open your Word, will you encourage us, Lord? Will you, um, Lord, will you fill us with a sense of your presence? because you were here. And Father, may may we take with us today um, an understanding of who you are and um, what you want from us, but also what you offer us. And Father, may it be something that grows us and moves us forward in our life together, we pray. Amen. All right. Um, What to say last Sunday, I, I wanted to go to the book of Colossians because the, the book of Colossians is written by Paul when he was uh, in prison, actually. It's one of the prison epistles. And he's writing to a group of people that he's actually never met. So that's a little different than today because we've been with you and we know so many of you so well. But um, Paul is writing to them and he, he talks about how we pray for you. And let me just bring up what he says here. I'm going to get through this. If Oh, there we go. Can you read that? Good, because I barely can on the back there, so I'm going to read it out of here. Uh, He says this in chapter one. He says, we always pray for you. Notice that. We always pray for you. And we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the same good news that came to you is going out all over the world and changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. And that continues to happen today. 2,000 years later, over 2,000 years later, it is still happening. Lives are being changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we always pray for you. Secondly, we have not stopped praying for you, asking God to give you complete knowledge of his will and spiritual wisdom and understanding so that the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and produce every kind of good fruit. Well, you grow and learn to know God better and better. And that's obviously the goal of walking with Jesus and of walking together with Jesus, isn't it? Knowing the Lord better, being encouraged by... <clears throat> pardon me, being encouraged... Brian, can you shut this off for just a second? I got Thank you. It's... I don't think it's Omicron, just so you know. It's just a little bit there. There, Okay. <laughs> It's from singing uh, this morning, so i get a little hoarse in my throat. Um, so that you will always honor and please the Lord, produce every kind of good fruit while you grow and learn to know God better and better. And third, we pray, again, notice, there's, there, there's a theme here. We pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience you need and be filled with joy, thanking God the Father. Now, this, this church that he is writing to was dealing with something. They were dealing with teachers who were false teachers in their midst or around them and were saying, what Paul is giving you and what you know about Christ isn't enough. And so in order for you to really grow, we're going to bring some fresh teaching to you, things that you've never heard before. And on top of that, you need to have some uh, experiences that you've never had before, some ecstatic experiences, things that will just uh, bring you into this new, fresh way of of understanding God. And and, and Paul uh, actually fought against that. He actually knew that that wasn't true. Uh, There were false teachers, as I said, that were telling the Colossian church that uh, a deeper knowledge and an alternative experience were required to really know God. Uh, that is also true today. There are places you will go. There are people that, that you can listen to now, uh, especially with the internet and everything that's going on, uh, who will tell you, no, 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 uh, what is in here isn't enough. And what you experience in your life with Christ isn't enough. You have to go after things more and more and more. And, and can I just say that I agree with Paul that everything we need to know about the Lord, thank you so much, Adam, is, is, is right here. It's right here. And it's not just here; it's it's here amongst us. We have everything we need to know Jesus well, and to walk with Him is is not to seek things that we've never heard of before, or to seek even experiences that we've never had before, uh, but is to simply live into what Christ has already provided. Uh, they didn't need these fresh teachings or emotional experiences; they needed maturity found in what Jesus already provides through his cross, his resurrection, his spirit, and his word. That, too, has not changed. And I hope that we all agree on that. So here's what Paul does. He prays for them. He says, continuously, we always pray for you. And specifically, he begins to say, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to pray for specifically and then confidently. He writes this letter to them confidently. And, and as Kimberly and I walk away uh, into the next adventure of our lives, being so thankful for the adventure that we have had with you. And it has been a tremendous adventure. We are just so very, very thankful for the years that we've had with you. Uh, we walk away praying for you confidently, specifically, and continually. We will continue to pray for you. And we ask that you will continue to pray for us as well. But here's the question this morning. What did he pray for? What was he exactly praying for, uh, for them? That's where we're going to go in the 15 minutes that I have left, all right? He, he actually prayed for, for two things. So there's not a lot. I'm not going to give you eight points. I'm not going to even give you really three. You get two today, all right? So hopefully we can remember those two, all of us, going out the door. Here's the first one. And this is straight from Scripture. He prayed their identity would change. That their identity, how they saw themselves, would change. That they would see themselves the way God sees them. Let me just stop for a minute and ask you today. What do you think the Lord sees you as today. How do you think God views you this morning? When God looks at you, when he looks at at who you are sitting in a seat this morning, no matter how old you are, no matter how long you you have known God, you have walked with him, what do you think God sees? What do you think your identity is before him? That is what Paul, in fact, is praying for them for. He prayed that their identity would become the way God sees them. And it's really important. And and he says this a number of ways. He says, you have been raised to new life with Christ. Do you believe that today? If you know Jesus, you have been raised to new life with Christ. God has taken who you were. And he said that life is over and a new life has begun. You have, been, you have been crucified with Christ. You have been raised to new life. You live in this, in this new life. I love that the name of this, of this congregation, of, of all of us together for these years, and, and it'll go on, is New Life Church. Isn't that great? New Life. That means something, doesn't it? It may not mean much to you at times, but it means a lot to God. Because your new life costs God his very son, Jesus Christ. New Life. You have been raised to this with Christ. You didn't do it yourself. Notice, Jesus has accomplished this. So therefore, there's a couple of so's there. If that is true, then set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. You see, um, it's like that, that that hymn, I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is with me, whatever men may say. But... Um, Someone put it this way uh, when talking about prayer. How do you know that Jesus is alive? And someone said, well, I was talking to him this morning. (laughs) That's called prayer. I was talking to the Lord today. And so Paul is saying, set your sight not on the things that are going on here, but on the realities of heaven. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Um, It is just so blatantly sad that we are so caught up in the things of our day right now. Can I just say that? And I'm not denying or conspiring. It's not about that. But it, it just seems to me that one of the temptations and the dangers that we can fall in as followers of Jesus Christ is that we will get so caught up in everything that is around us right now that our eyes will be taken off of heaven. And our eyes will be taken off of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, I want you to think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. What, What does that mean for you today? What does it mean for you today to take your eyes off of the things that are going on all around us or yourself specifically? and to keep your eyes up and on heaven, where Christ is seated in the place of honor at God's right hand. What does that look like for you today? What, what kind of change might you have to make in your life this morning in order for you to get your eyes out of today? Not that we don't live in this moment. We are living in history. We all get that. This is the moment that God has placed us in, and it's an opportunity, by the way. It's a fantastic opportunity to live for Jesus. I just think that today we have an incredible opportunity to show the world what it looks like to live under the reign and the lordship of God together. I, I, I just really believe that. But what does it mean to get your eyes out of today and to focus on heaven and the things of God, not the things of earth? Paul says, I'm praying specifically for that. Um, as 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 we leave you, we will pray for that too, and we'd like you to pray for that for each other. All right. You have died to this life, secondly, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. So therefore, put to death the sinful earthly things lurking in you. It's not just getting your mind off of the things around you; it's 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 getting the the things that that, kind of lurk and hang on out of your life so that that you are constantly thinking about Christ and not those things that can tempt us and bring us down. Uh, There's a a wonderful book. It's called The Three Battlegrounds, uh, Francis Frangipane. I brought this up before in one of the dailies. And he talks about how when we become Christians... uh, uh, there are there are places in our life. He 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 likens them to to, to, to caves. They're, they're little caves in our life where where, where, the, where the, the the things of the world, the demonic um, powers can actually kind of hide out in our lives. It doesn't mean we're possessed. But it just means like, uh, he really talks about strongholds and he, uh, you know, giving the enemy a stronghold in our life. And he says, it's a bit like a little cave where the enemy can hide. And then when we're not suspecting, he pops out and he says, what we have to do is we have to clean out the caves of our lives. We have, to, we have to wash them out, clean them out, put a rock over them, or ask the Holy Spirit to actually, which is a better idea, he says, fill that cave with his own presence, with God's presence. And really, that's what it's about, isn't it? It's putting to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within us. How are you doing with that? As we begin this second Sunday of the year 2022, how many caves do you have in your life? and if so what are they and if so what lives there that comes out and grabs your godliness away for a moment what are they paul says we are specifically praying that your life will be hidden with christ in god that that that, that you will just be fully absorbed and hidden in christ in christ and he says, also, you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. You have stripped it off. It's like you have, you have taken off these old clothes. You have, you have taken them off. So then put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and to become like him. That's your identity. Your identity. Uh, and then going on with that, he he carries on and he says this. He he literally gets into the the clothing thing. Um, he prayed for their, that that not only their identity would change, that their lifestyle would change because we have put on new clothes. Uh, it's 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 like um, um, well, think about it. When I was younger uh, and I first met met Kimberly. Uh, uh, and I was trying to actually impress upon her that I might be someone worthy of hanging out with her and that she might want to spend time with, uh, when I would go and pick her up and asking her out and I would drive her to her house, I would make sure that I'd had a shower I would make sure that I, I, I had hair back then. I had actually, you know, combed my hair. Hard to believe, I know. Uh, I don't have to worry about that now anymore. Okay, I would actually put on clothes that smelled nice, right, I would actually dress up and, and hopefully look somewhat attractive, although I found out later when we got married and she began throwing all my clothes out that that might not have been the case. Remember one day I said, where's that, uh, where's that pale yellow sweater? And she said, don't, don't worry about that. I said, what do you mean? She says, just don't look for it anymore. I like that sweater, okay? I thought I looked pretty good in that sweater. Apparently, she overlooked that sweater and saw the person behind it, I, I, I guess. But do you get it? Put on the new clothes. You have this identity, so, so dress the part. Dress the part. In light of this, because you are now God's chosen people. Isn't that beautiful? Think about that for a moment. In light of this... Because you are now God's chosen people. You are. You belong to God. He he chose you. It doesn't mean he didn't choose other people. But he's chosen you and you've responded to him. Holy and dearly loved, put on the clothes of Christ. Clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. The world needs more compassion and kindness, and humility, and gentleness and patience, doesn't it? This this world is I, this world is is fragile. Our society is just so tight; it, it's just ready to snap. And we have the opportunity. To wear the clothes of compassion, and kindness, humility, and gentleness, and patience. And then he talks about life together. Make allowance for each other and the faults that we have. And by the way, thank you for doing that in our lives. Kimberly and I have not always got it right. And you have overlooked our faults. And you have forgiven us over and over again. Forgiving anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you. And he did, didn't he? And the Lord will continue to forgive you over and over and over again until finally you stand before him and he doesn't have to forgive you anymore because this life is over and the new life begins and it's all good. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others because how can you wear the clothes of Christ if you're not going to forgive? If the clothes of Christ are forgiveness, along with these these other things, you must forgive. Otherwise, you're simply not wearing the clothes. And over all these virtues, put on love, agape is the Greek word, which is that that love that just encompasses, encompasses everything, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So put on the clothes of Christ, first of all. Secondly, under this second point, live under the reign of Christ. Let the peace that comes from Christ's reign in your heart. That is, again, your identity has changed. Jesus is your master. You are his servant. Uh, you know, I, I was talking to my commanding officer about the the whole COVID thing and 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 a religious exemption and some things, and and there's there's some guys in our regiment that were talking about, you know, my right as a Christian, I shouldn't have to... to and and I've I, I, I got to be honest with you. I, my commanding officer said, what do you think about this? You're the Padre. And I said... I've got to be honest, sir, as a Christian, I gave up all my rights when I met Jesus. I don't have any rights. I may have rights as a Canadian, but as a Christian, I gave it all up. I'm a slave to Christ. I'm a follower of Christ. He's not a Christian. It was a perfect opportunity to witness to this man. But he's, a, he's a great guy. And, I just, and, I, and, I simply, and his eyes kind of went, hmm, a little bit. I said, I don't have any rights. Christ is king. So let him reign in your life. Let the peace that comes from that reign in your hearts. Because as members of one body, you are called to the peace. Always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. That's what, as a congregation, you have an opportunity to do together. That's the beauty of living together. Life together. Let the message about Christ in all its richness Fill your lives, both individually and then collectively, together. Because the Christian life cannot be lived alone. Jesus doesn't want you to live your life alone. He wants you to live together. And that might mean for you, you know, meeting in a, in a, in a small group. I know that the, some of you have come today, and I, I appreciate that, but you've been meeting for months and months now as a, as a house church. Fantastic. 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 It, when, when, when this is, is over and we can all come back and be a part fantastic. But let it fill your lives. And then finally, embrace the community of Christ. I'm already beginning that, but teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Because it is the gifts that we all receive together that, that allows us to form this body. And if one part of the body hurts, we all hurt. When one part of the body does well, we, 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 all do, we, we all collectively become the body of Christ. And he is the head. He is the master. He is the one that shows us where to go. And that orders us into the things that he would have for us. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. So be full of joy is another way to put that. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father uh, through him. Let me read that last line again. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ, not of even New Life Church, not of whatever your name might be. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the master, of the savior, of the one who sits at the right hand of the throne of God, of the one who will return and bring us home, of the one who will greet us and and when we stand in front of God will stand with us and we will live forever because of his grace in our lives. That is what he's saying. Whatever you do or say, do it now as a representative as an ambassador Paul writes in 2 corinthians of the Lord Jesus Christ giving thanks to God the Father through him aren't those beautiful words those are words that that, uh, that, that Kimberly and I want to leave with you uh, and uh, you know Bonhoeffer i'll 'll I'll put that up on the screen i won't uh, i won't particularly read that right now but uh, i 'll let you read that and and really um, that is our prayer for you You know, after our time with you um, and your time with us, uh, we just want to continue to pray that you will be the people of God living under the lordship of God and demonstrating to the Cowichan Valley what it means to live in Jesus together. Uh, And let's be honest, this valley needs more of that, doesn't it? This valley needs the Lord in, in, in a greater measure. And how is this valley ever going to see what the gospel truly is unless it sees it through us, unless it sees it through you? As Kimberly and I go back to uh, a city in Alberta, to, we go back to Calgary, uh, same thing. No matter where we go, that's what we're called to do. Uh, the Lord needs to be seen no matter where we find ourselves. For you, it is here. What a glorious opportunity you have. A tremendous opportunity. So so live it. Breathe it. Uh, Collectively and and individually. Do it with joy. Do it with a passion for the master. And the master's passion in your life will begin to infect everyone. You know, we we talk about infection, right? Um, There's a lot of talk about infection right now. The gospel is... A virus of God that is supposed to infect the world. Look at it that way. The gospel is supposed to infect. It goes from person to person, from life to life. That's how it's shared. And as we infect the world with this gospel, and the world catches it, just as you've caught it, it's transformational. You're 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 just never the same, and we can all be thankful for that. Amen, amen. All right, let me pray for you this morning. All right, Father God, thank you for uh, the years that you have given Kimberly and I to be here. Lord, that is a tremendous gift. We just thank you for that so much. Thank you, Father, that uh, that in in, in uh, I hope some way you have used us. To uh, to infect the people around us with the gospel, and Lord, thank you for what this congregation has done for us in infecting the gospel into our lives in a greater measure as well. Uh, and so, Lord, we are just we're all just full of thanks for that today. Lord I pray that you would fill each person here with your holy spirit. I pray God that, that you would fill them in greater measure with the identity of yourself Jesus in their lives that they would see themselves when they when when they, when they look in the mirror they would see themselves as someone who is clothed in the identity of Christ who is living and breathing and following the Lord. That that Lord uh, every person here, every person that is a part of this community, every Christian in this valley, but specifically here, uh, would would clean out the caves in their lives. That that every person here, Father, would simply uh, wear the new clothes that make them so attractive to this world. And that, Father, we would do so joyfully, giving thanks to you every moment. I pray that for this congregation, Lord, for these dear friends, these brothers and sisters that we have grown to love and care for so much. And, Father, we, we pray it as we go for us, that, Father, as we go, we would continue to carry that on in our lives as well. Father, um, we, do, we look forward to what you are going to do. And finally, Lord, we pray for this valley. Lord, would you, through your Holy Spirit, do a tremendous work in this valley? Would you continue, Father, to spread the gospel through this valley. May it be uh, something that infects thousands of people as Christian lives are lived out and as people understand just who you are and they follow you as well with gladness, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you today. All right. I think Marlene's coming up. Okay.
1: hello everyone I'm Marlene and this is Shireen we are part of the elders team here at New Life and we have the privilege of thanking pastor Ken and Kimberly for their service here with us thank you pastor Ken and Kimberly for your strong partnership you share together as you have served in ministry here at New Life for the past seven years Kimberly your friendship and love for others and your gift has, of hospitality has meant so much to us Thank you And we know the gifts that you have but the sacrifices you both have made Being away from your family. We understand that. Thank you Pastor Ken you have been our Shepherd Teaching us from God's Word with passion faith love humility and devotion And sometimes correcting us when we have strayed (laughs) and bringing us back and reminding us to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with our Lord. Lord. You have upheld our mission to love God by worshiping him, serving others, and making disciples. Our vision to live out the kingdom of God in our church, our community, and beyond our borders. You have guided us through these uncertain times of the pandemic with hope giving us on the turn of ways to worship when we haven't been able to meet here all together every Sunday. There have been so many exciting times that you have shared with us. You've dedicated our babies. You've baptized our loved ones and officiated our family weddings with joy. You've been on pastoral visits to the elderly, the lonely, the lost, the marginalized, giving yourself wholeheartedly. And you have spent many hours that we don't even know about holding prayer vigils for the sick, then bringing families together to remember our loved ones that they have passed with compassion. And we are so proud of the years of service as chaplain for the Army. Thank you for your service. Pastor Ken and Kimberly, we will feel your absence here deeply You have both touched our lives each in a special way. And we know God has amazing plans for you both. And from experience as a grandmother, I know there's little ones that want to see you and they have plans for your life as well. (laughs) And on behalf of New Life, all of your family here, we would like to present you with a gift, a token of our appreciation Um, it's a painting from a local artist it's of the couch and bay with boats in the harbor and Mount Zohalem in the back because I know you both have hiked there so many (laughs) times with us and it's a visual reminder of your time here in the couch and Valley on behalf of new life
2: Thank you, Marlene. There's a lot of emotion this morning. Some joy, for sure, and some sadness, but we just praise the Almighty God, the King of Kings, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, right? And this isn't the end. So this morning, what we want to do as a church family is to stand and pray together for Canon Kimberly pastor Ken and Kimberly this morning and I'd like to call um, everyone to stand up and the elders that are here please come and join us in prayer and anyone else that wants to come and um, join us please come up to the front those of and and just reach your hands forward over Ken and Kimberly please and and uh, we just want to send them off and Pray a blessing over them this morning, so please don't hesitate to reach out to them this morning. I'll just give you a bit of time to come up. Heavenly Father, we just come to you with hearts of thanksgiving this morning hearts of gratitude and gratefulness hearts of absolute we're just full of joy and thanksgiving and lord sometimes the words can't even can't even express fully how we're feeling lord at the gifts that you give us and as a church this morning we just want to praise and thank you for the gift of Pastor Ken and Kimberly, for bringing them to us for this season. Thank you for bringing them to the valley, to the island, to preach and teach and shepherd and guide and love and counsel and cry and laugh with us. Oh, Father God, you've been so good to us. You are such a good God, and we thank you. We thank you for how they've touched our lives And we know this isn't goodbye, it's just see you later. Because we're all one big body of Christ, and we know that we will be rejoicing again together one day with you, Father. We thank you, God, that you are leading and guiding Ken Ken and um, Kimberly in a new direction. We thank you that they can return to their family back in Calgary where they can do life together and continue to minister to others in the ways that they know how and the way that you guide them father oh God we just trust that you'd continue to lead them give them wisdom and just make their path straight I pray protection over their bodies and their spirits and their souls as they prepare to leave here in the next bit and Lord I just thank you for this church family being able to be present here to celebrate and thank you for what you've done in them and through them, Lord. We thank you for their humility and we know that they give all the praise to you. And we thank you, God, for this morning. I just pray for our church as we transition. Lord, we thank you for the staff that we have in place. We thank you that you are going to continue to move this church, part of the valley, an extended version of The body of Christ, Lord, you will continue to guide and direct us, and we thank you for that. Go with us now, I pray. Amen.